You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. It is time for our annual Purdue men's basketball season preview as the Boilermakers prepare for their opener on Tuesday night against Milwaukee up at Mackey Arena, 6.30 tip-off. And so it's my privilege to welcome back to the podcast the voices of Purdue men's basketball, Rob Blackman and Bobby buckets Riddell. Rob, Bob, welcome back to the podcast. How are you guys doing? Yeah, hi, Adam. Thanks for having us. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting a new season underway here. Should be should be a lot of fun. Yeah, so this is an exciting uh, time of year. Uh, you know, we're in the thick of it for football season. You got uh, the start of basketball, which is always exciting. And of course, if you're a Purdue fan, you got volleyball, you got wrestling, tennis, you name it. And it's a, so it's an exciting time as a, a Purdue fan. So but this is what I always get pumped up about. The start of men's basketball season, a new season, uh, getting ready to get underway. So let's uh, let's dive in. But thank you guys uh, for uh, joining the podcast today. I'm excited about this episode. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, well, uh, we'll get uh, we're going to jump in and do a deep dive on the roster here in just a minute. But you guys have got to see them play a game already uh, with the exhibition uh, last Wednesday night against Truman State. Your initial thoughts on your courtside view of what you got to see last Wednesday? Uh, I'll go first since I don't get to see as much of the game as Bob because I actually have to follow the ball. <laughs> he gets to watch all the other the intricate details of the game. Um, but uh, I, despite the fact that our, our freshman backcourt scoring wise was not great uh, in that exhibition game. And obviously I'm talking about Braden Smith and Fletcher lawyer. Um, you know, Fletch was one of seven shooting. Um, I still thought they brought a lot to the table and, uh, and certainly look like they are, they are primed and ready to be the future of Purdue basketball in the backcourt. Um, I think Fletch ended up with like, uh, I don't know, seven assists, maybe six assists somewhere in there. Um, and Braden had like three assists and then Braden also had six rebounds, um, which is pretty good for a point guard who I think we listed six feet tall and maybe closer to five foot 10, um, but can dunk the ball easily, by the way, jumping off both feet. So uh, I really liked what I saw from those two guys and why we're on the topic of freshmen. I thought redshirt freshman Trey Kaufman Wren was our best player. Uh, I also thought that uh, when I saw him play against Cincinnati, uh, believe it or not, I was able to sneak in one of the, one of the back doors at Marion university and see the super secret scrimmage. Um, and, uh, and he was just as impressive in that game against a much higher level of competition, obviously in Cincinnati than Truman state. So um, that's probably what I took from that game is that I, I do believe our freshman class. And by that I'm defining it as true freshman and redshirt freshman. I think they're ready to go and they'll be up to the task. There's still going to be, a, there's still going to be a learning curve and there still will be some bad days as there always are. Uh, for freshmen. And the only other thing I would add is, you know, Zach Eady was so dominant uh, in that game against Truman State. And quite frankly, fans, he was just as dominant against Cincinnati. Uh, the only difference was Cincinnati chose to just foul him every single time he touched the ball. So he didn't score a lot because he didn't get the opportunity other than to go to the foul line. Uh, and speaking of the foul line, Zach was seven of nine at the foul line against Truman State. So um, I, I was was Zach dominant against Truman State because they didn't have a player over six foot eight? Yes, yes, he was. Uh, but he was also just as dominant against a really athletic Cincinnati team the week prior. So uh, those those are at least for my takeaways there. Buckets, I don't know what you were thinking though. Sure, yeah, I I, I wish I would have been able to see that Cincinnati scrimmage firsthand, uh, just because you know you get a little bit better frame of reference for maybe uh, better competition. Uh, don't know how good Cincinnati is going to be this year, but certainly going to have more size and talent than, than a Truman state would, but just going off of that Truman state game, considering level of competition, I, I really was impressed with our offense. Um, I thought we generated a number of quality looks uh, throughout the game. Didn't make all of them, but made a chunk of them. I was really impressed with uh, those bench guys coming off, uh, being aggressive, taking their open looks, obviously knocking them down. Uh, you know, David Jenkins and Brandon Newman in particular from the outside looking, looking strong. And then uh, Trey Kaufman-Wren, good back to the basket game, was able to step out and hit a three as well. So was impressed with the offense overall. Um, defensively, I, I did have a chance to go back, even though Rob tried to claim that I just see everything as it unfolds uh, while he's calling the game. As the coaches will always say, they need to go back and watch the film because it is hard sometimes to pick out uh, all the intricacies and little things that may lead up to a basket uh, or an open shot for uh, when Purdue has the ball or vice versa. And so I was curious, you know, Coach Paint was pretty 
disappointed, it seemed like, in the defensive effort uh, post-game talking to us on the radio. And so I, I went back and watched some of the highlights that are on YouTube. And I was curious. I really wanted to focus in on the defense and just see how we did. And there's definitely uh, some room for improvement there. I mean, uh, I was a little disappointed to see some of the uh, good looks that Truman State was able to produce. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, it's hard sometimes to know, is it simply – you're up 40 and you're up 35 and like how engaged and locked in is everybody in, in a situation like that. Some of that's human nature, but also some of it is uh, we have a lot of guys out there that are inexperienced, had a, have only played either zero or one year of college basketball or in guys like Trey Kaufman, Ren and Brian Waddell's case, even though they have one year in the system, they didn't really get a practice like at all last year because they were hurt. So, you know, they know some terminology, but as far as reps go, not a whole lot of reps still in the system. So, Lots of room for improvement on that end, um, and hopefully uh, as guys gain experience, we'll, we'll see continued room for improvement there. But I thought overall, solid first effort uh, and excited to see what happens against Milwaukee tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Are, are you guys surprised that two freshmen started in the backcourt? Uh, I, I, you know, I was initially, Adam, but then in typical Matt Painter you know, form, whenever he speaks, it just seems to always make sense. And he talked to both Bob and I about the fact that, look, they've been the two best in practice. I mean, if ultimately as a coach, your job is to play the best players that uh, are performing in practice, because ultimately that you would hope that translates to the games, then it's really, as Coach Painter said, it's a no-brainer. They, they've been the two best of those two positions. So, <laughs> you know, forget the fact they're freshmen or, or if they're sixth-year seniors, quite frankly. I mean, they, uh, they, they've earned the opportunity and they've been the best so far. I would also say this, though, and, and again, this is not – this is nothing new to Purdue basketball fans, certainly under Coach Painter. Uh, he's never been one that's been wed to a certain starting lineup, um, you know, come heck or high water, for lack of a better term. If someone else is is, is doing better in practice and then has earned the opportunity, then they're going to get that opportunity. And we've seen that before. You know, Brandon Newman's been a guy that has had some good weeks of practice. He's in the starting lineup. Had some bad weeks of practice. He's coming off the bench. So, uh, but yet, was I surprised initially? Yes. But then when you hear the coaches talk about how good those two have been in practice, I like, no, I'm not surprised. They've been the two best, so they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was surprised too, you know, at first, certainly just because that jump from high school to college is, is really a, a big jump. But, you know, it's just a piggyback off Rob said, you know, one additional caveat there is I think obviously everything that uh, Purdue centers its, its offense around is Zach Eady first and foremost this season just because of how dominant of a player he is. And I do think Braden and Fletcher, even though Fletcher is a, a good offensive player from a shooting standpoint, I think both of those guys uh, have are probably more polished passers than Brandon and David Jenkins, who are more kind of shoot first type players. And so I think surrounding Zach with guys like Fletcher and Braden, who are um, even as freshmen, very good passers mm-hmm. and guys who are um, able to look inside and and throw Zach the ball where he needs it away from the defender. That's going to make uh, his job easier. I think it makes sense to, to pair Zach with those guys. And I'm sure some of that was ironed out through all those preseason practices. Cause as Rob said, you know, coach is going to try to, you know, play the guys who he feels earned the most minutes. And, and obviously there's also part of it is trying to play the guys that fit around each other. And I thought we saw Mason make a number of good passes to Zach and it's, it's kind of cool to see that they're the, this is the third year they've played together now, Mason and Zach, and it seems like they have a really good rapport together. Some of that interior passing, or like if Zach gets doubled, you know, he dropped off a really nice pass to Mason underneath for a layup uh, in the first half when he was doubled. Mason just has a good sense of when to dive, when to spot up, things of that nature around Zach. So they should be a good combination as well. Yeah, for sure. Those are great points. He mentioned that pass. Zach Eady looked like Travion, uh, Travion Williams last week with that one dump off pass. And Mason looked sweet. Um, you know, a couple of thoughts for me. You know, I think it was I read first time since 2007. I think since Robbie Hummel, Etwan Moore, and Jawan Johnson all started as freshmen. You had two freshmen start in the same game. You think about it. I mean, you guys mentioned how good uh, Trey Kaufman and Ren's been playing. You could have almost potentially had three freshmen starting. Although obviously Ethan Morton and his leadership and his veteran presence you got to put him in there as well but it, it was yeah i was a little surprised but you guys make uh, great points and especially as far as getting the ball into uh zach you, you want to have good ball handlers and good passers to do that and of course ethan is also a great uh, ball handler and passer as well so yeah it'll be interesting and, and you mentioned the comment too uh you know uh coach painter's not afraid to change it up you know i 
I think if any year, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, more maybe as much as any year that Painter's been in there, this could be a very fluid uh, starting lineup, again, based on who's maybe playing well or not. Because, I mean, Trey, you got uh, Brandon and, of course, and Jenkins, who's got a lot of experience in college basketball. All these guys potentially could start. But I do like that second unit, too, and we can get into that well, a little bit here, too. But Well, think- yeah, I mean, you're right, Adam. I mean, you, again, it's Truman State, so you try to temper your enthusiasm. But Bob and I talked at length in our postgame show the other night. Uh, if you just look at that second group of five, uh, I mean, 56 points, uh, I think 21 rebounds, and maybe more importantly, certainly from a Coach Painter standpoint, one turnover. Ten assists, I think it was, and one turnover from your second group. Um and, and Coach Painter talked to us about it in the postgame show when he joined us. Uh, if you can get 56 points out of your second unit, your second five, you're probably going to win a lot of games. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, yeah, that's a great point by you, Adam, that, uh, that that's right now. The one thing the second unit appears to bring is a whole lot of offense. Now, I would also say this. And again, Coach Painter brought this to our attention as well. Uh, that second unit didn't guard really well. Uh so they might score 56 and the group they're guarding might score 54, but as long as I guess you have two more than they do, but yeah, man, that's a, that's a lot of offense coming off that bench for Purdue. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, let's break down the roster here. Uh, let's kind of start maybe with the the senior class. And I don't want to, I don't want to slight, you know, guys who might not start like a Matt Frost or not play much like a Matt Frost or Chase Martin, those kinds of guys, but we'll start with the guys who do are going to be playing heavy minutes and with the one senior, and that's the transfer David Jenkins jr. Talk about what he brings to the team this year. Well, uh, you know, obviously not knowing a lot about David before he came here. I, as soon as he committed, I tried to do the YouTube uh, highlight search and try to find as much content as I could on him. And, and there really wasn't a whole lot of uh, David Jenkins action on, on YouTube for, for me to, to watch. But from some of the clips I did see, uh, he looked certainly, you know, like a player who was kind of that microwave type score. He's obviously scored a bunch of points over the course of his four-year career at, at three different stops prior to Purdue. And, um, you know, as a guy who looked to me, could score at three different levels, uh, get to the, get to the rim mid range and shoot the three. So I was certainly excited about adding another scoring option. I was interested to see what he was going to be like defensively once he got here in our system, just because last year we weren't a great defensive team felt like this year we could be better, but knew we were going to be young. So was hoping, you know, He's going to be a guy who can, who can play some solid on-ball defense. Uh, containing the dribble is always key on the perimeter because uh, if you allow dribble penetration, that opens always opens up a can of worms. So all that taken into consideration, with, you know, seeing him for the first time in a game, uh, wow, I mean, he was impressive. I mean, as we just said at nauseum, you know, level of competition, take that into account. But offensively, I was just really happy to see how comfortable he looked. You know, Macarena, first time. Uh, a bunch of fans. I felt like he seemed really under control, wasn't forcing things, took the shots that were there, uh, made a number of nice passes, um, handled the basketball. And, and then defensively, I thought he looked solid. I thought he played hard, um, was physical. And, and that's what Purdue needs out of him. You know, we'll see how he continues to fare as the level of competition increases. But as far as uh, day, you know, first impressions were, were very good. I would add this too, Adam, and we kind of had a little fun with this on the broadcast. I mean, David graduated high school in 2016. Uh, folks need to remember that 2016. Now we have, we have freshmen that graduated in 2022 that are playing high school, yeah. uh, graduating high school in 2022, but he took a year of prep school uh, after high school. So you add that year in there, uh, went to South Dakota state was all conference. He was a freshman of the year in that conference for South Dakota state. And he's been at some different stops, but you know, the only reason he goes South Dakota state to UNLV is because his coach did. He followed his coach. You know, it's not like he's one of these guys who just bounces around from school to school. He had a legitimate reason. Um, and then he's at UNLV takes a red shirt there a year, a year there once. And then the second year he's there, he's all conference in, in that league in the mountain West conference. Mm-hmm. And then last year he goes to Utah for a year and now he's at Purdue. So, I mean, he's performed at a high level everywhere he's been uh, eight points a game last year at Utah uh, and as Bob said, he's, you know, he's an 1800 uh, point scorer in his career. So he's got a lot of things going for him, but I do think it's a bit funny that when he steps on the floor, if he's out there with say Braden Smith at the same time, you have a, a kid who graduated high school in 2022 and one that graduated in 2016 that are playing together. Yeah. Well, wow. it's, it's definitely, I think a great addition, especially uh, when we're kind of not getting some of those other guys, we were kind of thinking we might've pulled in this uh, summer. So 
definitely a huge get to have somebody that experienced in that age to help, you know, group these guys together, whether he is a starter or coming in with that second unit, just to, you want that veteran experience for sure. And we got a huge junior class of four guys that play significant minutes in Mason, uh, Zach Eady, obviously Ethan and, um, Blinking on the fourth guy here, or Brandon Newman, Brandon. of course. Yep. Uh, let's talk about this junior class and how important they are to uh, what's going to happen this year. Go ahead, Rob. Well, I would. Uh, I, I want to start with Ethan Morton, then I'll, I'll let Bob talk about the others. And the only reason I want to talk about Ethan is because uh, Coach Painter on the coach, the first coaches show we had last week, I thought said something that was uh, extremely, uh, <laughs> at least, really grabbed my attention. Put it that way. And that is, this is Ethan's time. You know, Ethan hasn't had a great go of it at Purdue through no fault of his own through his first two years. That first year, he was sick early in training camp. Uh, I think he ended up diagnosed with mono, I think it was. And he just never was able to really get going physically. And you would understand, right? So through no fault of his own. Last year, he's the backup to Jaden Ivey, which last I checked, there's probably no worse position on the team than to be the backup to Jaden Ivey because you never get a play because he's the best player on the floor. So this really is an opportunity for him to, uh, to, to, to have his, his time, right? This is his time, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. He's always been a quality shooter. I mean, he's 44% from three last year. He just rarely shot the ball. And again, big reason for that, he rarely played. Yeah. Um, because of, of his position behind Jaden Ivey. He's the best on-ball defender we have. We saw him last year do a really good job in some situations late in the season where we really needed a lockdown on-ball defender. Um, so I'm just I'm happy for Ethan, and I, he's probably, of all the players on our team, I, he might be the one I'm most excited about just because I just feel like it's going to be cool for him to finally get his opportunity to shine, be in the starting lineup, play 25 to 30 minutes a game, and really show what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um Fans forget he was Pennsylvania Mr. Basketball. Okay, this guy's no slouch. He was the best player in the state of Pennsylvania his senior year. So he's a really good player, and I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to him. That like Coach Painter said, he finally gets it's his time. He finally gets his opportunity. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, for sure, I agree. Yeah, and then speaking of opportunity uh, to go on to the to the next junior, uh, Zach Eady. You know, he did start last year, but he only averaged 19 minutes a game. And the numbers last year in those 19 minutes were extremely impressive. I'm excited to see what he could do this year with with ample extra opportunity. Uh, maybe you know trying to creep near that 30 minute mark. I'm not sure he'll he'll average that, but uh, hopefully a couple of games here or there, uh, he's able to to get near 30 minutes. Just because, I mean he he's just going to be extremely dominant. I think this year when when he's able to play extended minutes, he's just such a force. Uh, he's so skilled with either hand around the rim. I think what's really going to help him this year, even more so, not only with the increased minutes, but just as we already mentioned a little bit earlier in, uh, in the podcast, is those four guys around him. I mean, four guys who can really shoot the basketball in that starting lineup, but who are all really quality passers. You know, we're all going to be looking into him. Um, you know, if they don't have an open look right away, they're going to be looking inside. And uh, just because none of those guys are really – big time make plays off the bounce, you know, Braden Smith, hopefully to some degree, but he's probably more of like a ball screen, you know, make plays versus just truly one-on-one isolation. So with all those guys being guys who aren't really isolation players, they're going to be, you know, if they don't have a shot right away, they're going to be looking inside. And that's obviously going to help Zach because when Zach's got his man sealed and has an opening, you don't want to miss him because uh, that can be two points automatic. So I think Zach's going to really benefit from having a lot of uh, talented passers around him. And, and obviously the increased minutes. So I think he could have a special season from a dom- domination standpoint, mm-hmm. and, and we'll see what he ends up averaging, you know, from a points and rebounds perspective. Um, Mason kind of already touched on him a little bit. I think uh, a guy like him, you know, he's he's probably is what he is to some degree as a player from what we've seen thus far, going to be a hopefully a great spot of shooter, shot over 40% last year from three, uh, a good interior passer, um, and then a guy who's just a junkyard dog gets a lot of offensive rebounds, stick backs. Uh, hopefully the defense continues to take another level with the increased experience. Uh, a guy who can switch, you know, a guy who can, as the foreman can switch onto perimeter players, move his feet fairly well. And uh, that's always nice to have because Purdue likes to switch four ways on that defensive side of the ball. Hopefully one additional step for maybe him offensively is just uh, playing off of the shot fake a little bit more. I know Coach Parents talks about that at times is, you know, maybe Mason can get um, 
some more mid-range jumpers, maybe get to the rim a little bit more. That's an area where you hope uh, he's able maybe to improve his game a little bit with just uh, from a scoring standpoint. But for the most part, you know, he's going to play. He's going to stay in his lane for the most part and, and do what he does well. And then uh, lastly, Brandon Newman, just a guy who, you know, I would like to see uh, obviously score the ball as well as he did last game. That was impressive. I mean, that dude, he was coming off those screens just locked and loaded. And uh, me and Rob always talk about on the broadcast. I mean, he just got one of the prettiest looking jumpers you'll find. Um, obviously, extremely confident in that jumper. And we saw it last year, just a guy that when he's got um, limited playing time and limited opportunity, it's just tough for a guy to really settle in and feel in the flow of a game when your number one skill set is shooting the basketball. Um, you know, I, I lived that like when I was uh, my senior year, when I was that ninth man, like my obviously number one skill set was shooting. Definitely wasn't rebounding or defending <laughs> or passing or dribbling. <laughs> wasn't any of those things guarding um so it's tough you know when you're like okay i get that one shot i gotta make it um you put a lot of pressure on yourself in the situations and, and brandon last year unfortunately didn't really uh do do super well in in those positions he had which is why coach leaned into to ethan a little bit more mm -hmm. and so we'd like to see him obviously succeed like he did offensively last game with the increased opportunity but i think defensively you know it's his fourth year in the system i know there's definitely been some frustrations uh, over the course of his career with his defense and um, maybe not being as consistent as uh, the coaching staff would like. And, and so I think that's an area where if he wants to get more playing time, uh, you know, coach said it after the game, you know, he, he's begging for for anyone to step up and be a consistent mm -hmm. defensive player. I think Ethan's at least, you know, ahead of the game there from that standpoint. So if Brandon, uh, I think if he wants to play as much as possible, obviously making shots helps, but I think if he could really, get engaged, get locked in, and get focused on that defensive end, um, every possession, uh, you know, mentally focused, I think that would go a long way with Brandon. And as a fourth-year guy in the system, um, he, he's got the foundation there. So th that would be the, the biggest thing, I think, for him moving forward this season. Yeah, for sure. I want to park there on, on Brandon Newman for a minute. Anybody who's listening to my podcast can probably say this sounds like a broken record, but he's a guy I'm just so rooting so hard for, you know, with the – how heavy the transfer portal is these days. He was a guy that I know a lot of people expected to skip town after the way the last couple of years have went. And I was just so excited. I don't want to, use, you know, I was so proud that he's, that he stuck around and is, is working through it. And you just hope he's a guy who just really has a lot of success uh, this year and gets a lot of that opportunity. And like you, you focus on Bobby, just the, the defensive uh, uh, aspect of it, because we know he can put up 30 points a game. We've seen him do it. And so, yeah. uh, yeah, I just, man, I really hope he has uh, just a great season. I'm really, really rooting hard for him, especially since he stuck it out and uh, stuck around, uh, with Purdue. So man, he, I just, yeah, I hope it's a great year for him. I'm really rooting, rooting, root, rooting hard for him. Uh, the other thing I want to go yeah, back to, sure. um, on Zach Eady, uh, you guys got a better perspective than I do from your court side, but to me, he looked like he was in really, really, really good shape like peak condition do you guys see that from your perspective or maybe just tv just look like he was more athletic no I, I thought the same thing too i thought he looked a little bit more in shape than we've seen him in the past again it's hard when a guy's seven four you know 295 pounds it's kind of hard to tell by the naked eye but i i would agree you know the thing with him too is and you guys know this it's not just the running up and down the floor for 20 to 25 minutes a game it's the constant physical beating that you're taking i mean that guy, I've, Coach Painters, I, every preseason radio or TV interview I've had, heard him do, he has talked about this, that the opponent's uh, defensive philosophy against Zach is, regardless of the opponent, just foul him. Just foul the living you-know-what out of him and hope for the best. So you think about that toll it takes on you physically, too. It's not just the up and down the floor part. It's literally getting slapped and and and, and kicked and punched and yeah. who knows what else every time you touch the ball. So, mm -hmm. uh, But I uh, that's a long-winded answer for yes. I do feel like he's uh, he's in a little bit better shape. But I also think, uh, uh, speaking, speaking metaphorically, our team's in a little bit better shape also mm -hmm. from a low post position because when Zach leaves the game, you know, you're bringing in two very different type of low mm -hmm. post players and Trey and – in uh, Caleb, uh, who really present a whole lot of different options from the five that than Zach does. So, but yes, I think Zach is in better shape. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You mentioned the banging. If he can, 
handle that, you know, take that and then stay out of foul trouble. I agree with Bobby. If you can play 25, 30 minutes a game, I mean, you look at his per 40 from last year and oh, uh, man, yeah. he, that would go a long way, obviously staying out of foul trouble, not getting those cheap fouls. Cause I know they officiate him a little bit differently, which, you know, we can argue for hours if that's fair or not, but um, you know, yeah, if he can take that beating and, and stay out of foul trouble, man, if that's going to be huge, if he's playing 25, 30 minutes a game, but you mentioned Caleb, uh, the sophomore on our team uh, that he did get some starting experience last year. So that's a great uh, guy to come off at a four or five position uh, off your bench. Talk about Caleb and how important he is to that second unit this year. Well, you know, Bob and I've talked about, he was so good early in the year last year. You think about that tournament that we went to out in Connecticut against Villanova, North Carolina, he was lights out for a freshman. Um, and I, so he really started strong. I think maybe some guys maybe kind of figured him out. You know, the, the problem with playing in the Big Ten is the other coaches are so good, they quickly get you figured out from a scouting report perspective. So you have to find a way to make those adjustments. Um, but I was, it's funny, before we even did this earlier today, I was uh, looking at Caleb first. And I'd forgotten, you know, last summer he was on that U19 team um, that had uh, had Chet Holmgren uh, and Jaden Ivy. Uh, Ivy was obviously on there. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., speaking of Milwaukee Panthers, you know, he's a first-round draft pick of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, to me, that is all you need to know about how good Caleb First is, that he was on that team with those guys, uh, that, team, that USA Basketball thought highly enough to put him on that roster. Um, so I, I firmly believe that the sky's the limit for him. Um, obviously, shoots the ball well for a big guy from the perimeter. That's what makes him uh, doubly tough because he can play inside and out. But the other thing I liked about him is he's left-handed. And uh, those guys always seem to have just a little bit more of an advantage in the low post for whatever reason. I just think folks aren't used to guarding left-handers. But, yeah, I, I, I was just so encouraged with how he burst on the scene last year as a freshman. Again, cool off a little bit. You would expect to see that. But uh, he's, I really feel like he's going to be really good before it's all said and done. Yeah. Bobby, anything to add to that? No, I agree, I agree a lot with uh, what Rob had to say, I think. By the time he's done, um, going to have a super successful career. Going to be one of those fan favorites and a guy who plays with a lot of a uh, lot of energy. I think uh, someone who is going to be crashing the glass. He had a you know put back dunk last game. I think there's going to be a lot of that sort of stuff with him being active on the boards. Um, it's just going to be it'll be interesting to see how much he plays. It, it looks like you know Trey and Caleb they appear to be so interchangeable as far as who's playing the five, who's playing the four. Um, they're going to be inverting it a lot sometimes where maybe Caleb's guarding the five on one end, but then Trey is kind of playing the five from like a post-up perspective uh, on the offensive end. So uh, we'll see, you know, how many, what the minutes distribution is in that front court, uh, you know, with, if Zach is, is playing the most. Uh, we'll see how that goes with those other three guys. But uh, as long as he's shooting the three well, you know, he's been a little inconsistent here to start the year, but last year shot it great. As long as he's making open perimeter shots, I think he will also benefit this year from, you know, he played that four spot all last season. And some of those games, you know, you get some pretty athletic uh, fours guarding you who are a little bit undersized compared to you who can really pressure you on the perimeter. And Caleb's a guy who can put the ball on the floor a little bit for his size, but, you know, he's by no means like Vince Edwards or, or any of those uh smaller fours who are really good ball handlers so he at times struggled last year with some with some pressure on the perimeter so if he's able to get maybe some more beneficial matches where he's playing maybe the five and he's got an opposing center guarding him he won't have to nearly worry about any sort of pressure as far as you know disrupting him as far as running plays or or and then maybe it actually may even benefit him as far as okay now because i can't put the ball on the floor a little bit i can drive a guy like if he had a hunter dickinson on him or someone of that nature a bigger guy Hey, I can drive him, uh, get to the rim, you know, maybe pass it off to somebody for for a bucket. So uh, we'll see how the evolution of his offensive game. He's not a true, you know, back to the basket player like uh, Zach or Travion or even Trey Kaufman Ren to some degree. So he's going to get a lot of his buckets more off playing off others um, and, and crashing the offensive glass. Yeah. Either way, it's great to have someone as versatile as him on the coming, especially coming off the bench too. Just not not alone to have him on the roster, but to come off the bench. That's 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 awesome. We got a heavy freshman class this year, including redshirt freshmen. Let's dive into that. We kind of you know touched on the two that started already, the two freshmen and uh, Fletcher and Braden. Uh, kind of dive in again. Anything to add to about them that we didn't already mention earlier off the show? 
I would only say, and Bob and I talked about this on the broadcast a little bit, uh, those two guys looked just a smidge tentative, I thought, in that first mm -hmm. game. They looked a little bit like freshmen who had that deer in the headlights kind of look about them like, oh, my gosh, I'm playing in front of 14,000 people. <laughs> a little different than my high school basketball experience, uh, but I do, I think that is going to be short lived. That that uh, that that tentativeness that we saw, and again, we didn't see a lot of it. I just saw a little bit of it, just a little bit of we're not quite certain what we're doing here. I think that's going to be short lived. Um, you know, look, Braden was Mister Basketball. Yes, we all know that. Fletcher Lawyer was the Gatorade Player of the Year for Indiana, which is essentially the other Mr. Basketball. Mm -hmm. So you have your right. two best players out of the state on your team. You know, Fletch averaged 27 points a game. That's a lot of points, even in high school. You only play 32 minutes a game in high school, okay? 32 right. total minutes. He scored 27. That's almost a point a minute. Um, those two guys are going to be just fine. I'll just leave it at that. Maybe a little tentative in that exhibition game, but before it's all said and done, they're going to be just fine. And that's why you play those exhibition games, right? You get kind of get those nerves out, right. especially yeah, for those right. young guys, right? <laughs> for sure. I mean, the part I would add on those two guys is I'm not honestly really worried about them offensively. You know, they'll have tougher tests, of course, when they go against better athletes who are better defensively on the perimeter, and we'll see how they handle those situations. But for the most part, I'm not worried about them offensively. I think defensively is going to be the area that um, you might see a lot more growing pains just because of the inexperience. Um, you know, in Fletcher's case, not nearly as, you know, physically developed and, and strong as uh, a lot of other wings he'll, he'll go against in the Big Ten. But, um, yeah, offensively, I think those guys are as polished as it gets for freshmen. Yeah. And we mentioned we've talked about a lot about Trey Kaufman Ren, just his versatility, just anything else to add to that and just how important it is to have a guy like him who was also, I believe, just two years ago, also the runner up to Caleb for uh, Mr. Basketball. And, and and was also his junior year was Indy as a junior now was Indiana Gatorade player of the year. So uh, you look at all the Mr. Basketballs we have and all the Gatorade player of the year <laughs> years we have. Yeah, that's right. Gatorade player of the year on our roster. <laughs> Matt's done a nice, Matt and the staff have done a nice job accumulating a whole bunch of talent. Let's yeah, put it that way. Recruiting the state pretty well these days. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Always better seen in the black and gold than any other color. That's for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Well, yeah, I, I, I expect a, a huge year out of a Trey and I, uh, you know, I know he got hurt, but just, you know, just him taking that red shirt last year and, and sticking through that. And yeah, I just, man, I, I'm excited to watch him play this year. Uh, He's another, a really skilled offensive player. Yeah. TKR. Yeah, for sure. Excited to see him this year. One freshman uh, that's maybe kind of surprising at least a few people is uh, Waddell, who also was hurt last year and redshirted. Not that I don't think a lot of people necessarily expect him to play much last year at all, but he looked really, really good in that uh, exhibition. Your thoughts on him, and is he a guy that will you expect to get uh, significant minutes off the bench uh, this season? I would say, I don't know if significant is the right word, Adam. Uh, I do think he's number 10 in the 10-man rotation, and I do think he can help. Uh, because he can make an open shot, as we saw against Truman State. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit like what uh, Bob was talking about, Fletcher. You know, the one one thing that that, that Waddell still has to to do is is get a little bit stronger. Uh, he is still a little bit little bit light, a little bit skinny, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, that's what the freshman and redshirt freshman are supposed to look like. But uh, yeah, uh, again, are there as we have seen in the Matt Painter rotation over in his now eighteen years. Um, I don't, I don't remember Matt playing a 10 man rotation, or if we have, we haven't done it for very long. Yeah. Um, we're more, we've normally been nine to nine and a half. And, and so Brian's probably the half, but I do think he can play. Yeah. And I do think he will help here and there. I just, I don't, I don't think there are a lot of minutes for him probably when it's all said and done. Yeah. I was gonna say, I know he doesn't coach paint doesn't typically go 10 deep, but you know, this is a team, albeit a lot of inexperience is a very deep and talented team. Again, a lot of inexperience, but We'll see. Yeah, I agree with you. It'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out as the season goes on. I would also, you know, look, I'd also add this about Waddell. And again, he's coming off a major knee injury, so it's going to take a little while. Mm -hmm. But that leading up to his freshman year, when he came out of Carmel and was healthy, and all the NBA scouts were coming around watching summer workouts, there were three guys they kept asking about, Jaden Ivey, Travion Williams, and Brian Waddell. Wow. Um, those were the three. And I know because I was there. Uh, <laughs> so... I'll just leave that where it is for the Purdue fans to salivate over that. But uh, that's how impressed the NBA guys were 
uh, way back when, when he was a, not even a, hadn't even set foot on campus yet and, and started a fall semester. So uh, the, the upside is there. It's just, again, it's just going to take a little while. It's just a little bit of maturity is going to be needed for him physically. That's all. And it says a lot, again, for, you mentioned Coach Painter and the staff's recruiting. If I remember correctly, he was a late add to that to mm-hmm. that class as well. So I mean, Super again, under the radar, yeah. yeah for sure. Okay. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just add one, one piece of Brian real quick is, uh, even though I thought he actually played really well the other night uh, for his first game action in a long time, you can just tell whether it's still the recovering from the, the knee injury or the, the bad ankle sprain he had in the preseason. You can just tell how gingerly he's even moving out there. I feel like, um, as Rob pointed out, I think he'll be really fun to see uh, at 100% when that time comes, whether that's hopefully later this year at some point or, of course, maybe potentially down the road next year. Um, He's going to be fun to watch, and I think people are going to be excited to see how athletic he is. Yeah, for sure. You're rooting hard for him, right, because he's wearing your number, right, Bobby? Number eleven, baby. Yeah, I like I like how he pounced at the opportunity to get his dad's number and my number uh, once uh, Isaiah Thompson moved on. Awesome. Uh, two more freshmen. I just want to touch on really quickly. Um, uh, Willie Wilberg, I believe, is injured, and there was already that plan to redshirt him this year correct. as well. Am I correct on that? Correct. Uh, yeah. Th- yeah, hand injury, and yes, he will redshirt for sure. Yeah. And then uh, Camden, uh, any uh, is he already playing a redshirt, or what's the expectation with him, or is it up in the air depending on how he pl- practices? I'd say that's still up in the air. Uh, no official announcement has been made. The tough part for Cam, again, is now, you know, he'd be number 11, mm-hmm. and they're tough to find, you know, minutes for the 11th yeah. best player. Doesn't mean he won't still play. Uh, but the other part for Cam that makes it difficult, you know, he barely played last year as a senior. Uh, he He's from Minnesota, had a great high school career, wanted to transfer out west to a prep school to play at a higher level for his senior year of high school. And I think it was game number three, uh, got hurt and then never played again. So he, he just hasn't played very much because of injury. And he didn't really get going this summer until late in the summer from that injury. So, uh, so he's already behind the eight ball for just from a physical standpoint, not again, not his own fault, just injury. So uh, will he redshirt? Will he won't? I don't know, but I just, I do have a hard time believing there'll be a lot of minutes for him. He's an athletic dude though. I will tell you this now. He, yes. yeah. He does not lack for athleticism. So whenever he does get that chance, whether it's this year or next, uh, if nothing else, there'll be a lot of highlight reel plays for him, I think, because he, that guy, he can run and he can jump. He is yeah. very athletic. Well, yeah, you mentioned not having the experience that you want to be a bad guy to, to red shirt and then still have that four years of eligibility starting next season if he wasn't going to play many minutes this year anyway, right? Right, exactly. No exactly. question. And that. Yeah. Coach Painter's talked about that a thousand times uh, with guys like, uh, oh, even with Ryan Smith, he talked about, yeah. you know, boy, why, why, why we should have redshirted him. Mm-hmm. He had one more year, right? <laughs> or uh, I, I'm trying to think of others, but there have been yeah, other. Ryan instances. Klein. Yeah, Ryan Klein would be another. Grady Eifert. You know. You're just like, oh, you know, instead of playing him six minutes a game as a freshman, why didn't we just hold out? <laughs> you know, but hey, uh, well, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Cam, but I. Yeah. Either way, it's going to work out just fine for him. Well, in this case, too, like Cam and, and Brian Waddell have actually, you know, pretty similar skill sets and similar games. And with Brian redshirting last year and being available this year, um, yeah, I mean, the stars probably, you know, we'll, we'll find out from Coach Painter in the near future what the decision is with Cam. But, yeah, certainly the stars are aligning that, you know, it would make sense for him maybe to, to redshirt this year and um, get healthy and learn the system before uh, getting into action next year. Right on, right on. All right, well, let's quickly fly through a few things here. I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. Uh, the schedule, obviously, tip off on Tuesday night against Milwaukee, as we already talked about. A couple of uh, lower uh, division teams to kind of stick off the season. As it's kind of usually typical <laughs> with basketball. Let's talk about the schedule to kind of start off the season, and then we go into Thanksgiving with that exciting uh, tournament, the Phil Knight Legacy uh, Tournament there. Uh, just talking about what you guys see, maybe any games that you're excited about that stand out on the schedule. Uh, well, I'm really excited uh, excited about that trip to Portland, the Phil Knight legacy. I mean, if if, if the brackets all work out properly, you end up playing West Virginia, uh, Gonzaga, Duke. That's not an all-bad schedule now. <laughs> That'd be fun. It might be a little difficult to win those games, but it's still a heck of a schedule. Uh, so that's what I'm most looking forward to. Um, yeah, you know, we're just a little over a week away from playing Marquette yeah. uh, at home and and Coach Painter said on the radio show, you know, last week, the coaches show, uh, uh, last he checked, we still haven't beaten Sh- Shaka Smart yet. 
uh, yet. Mm. So uh, that'll be a tough one. But yeah, those are uh, that that trip to Portland. I'm uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Hopefully this the the bracket breaks just right for us and we can play some really high level competition. Yeah, like you mentioned, it might be tough to win, but even if you don't win those, those are a great experience to help you later in the season, especially going into Big Ten season. Bobby, uh, how about you? Any others that stick out to you? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, just like a number of Purdue fans, uh, the Florida State and Marquette matchups um, don't exactly get me super pumped just because, we, of course, we've played those schools in recent years a lot. Uh, that being said, the fact that we never beat Shaka Smart you know, I kind of forgot about that piece and <laughs> until, uh, yeah, Payne said that on the show and Rob just brought that back up. So would really like to get some payback on, on Shaka Smart. So that would be fun to hopefully uh, uh, take him down. And I don't know if we've played – yeah, we actually – he he did beat us with Texas uh, in Mackey Arena a couple yeah. years ago. I was going to say, uh, I yeah. wonder if we've yeah. actually played him in Mackey yet. But, yep. okay, so, sh- yeah, we – Shaka's <laughs> even beat us in Mackey before. So right. uh, his time uh, has come, hopefully, to, to take an L to the Boilers this year. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, besides that, though, I'm with Rob, the PK-85. Uh, mm-hmm. Super excited for that and uh, just all the talented Nike programs that are going to be out there, and hopefully we get to play uh, three of, of the best ones. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, disappointed that we're playing Florida State again in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. I wish we would got somebody else, um, but maybe next year we'll finally maybe get to play somebody a little bit better. But um, not to take Florida State lightly, but – you know, you kind of want that exciting. You want to play like a North Carolina or a, a Duke or someone along those lines, don't you? So yes. uh, kind of disappointed that with that draw again. Uh, excited. You know, I know they got rid of the uh, now I'm already blanking on the name of it. The game that were the Hoosier Classic, whatever it was called down yeah, here. In the Crossroads Classic, Thank you, yeah. Crossroads Classic. But I'm glad they brought this Indy Classic. So we're still playing a game in Indianapolis in December, uh, playing Davidson. Of course, the last time we played Davidson in India, uh, some guy named Steph Curry, something like that played and Kramer shut him down. So Anyway, yeah, I just looking... couldn't hack it. Couldn't hack it against the Boilers. <laughs> so looking forward to that. I'm glad they're they're keeping a game down here in Indy for uh, fans down here that like to see them play locally. Uh, and of course, we got the Big Ten season, which will be tough. Uh, just quickly, your thoughts on on the Big Ten this year? Your maybe some early favorites, and maybe uh, just kind of off what you've seen or your guesses of where you expect Purdue to fall uh, in the Big Ten uh, this year. Let me start with this. Um... If you look at the schedule Big Ten-wise for Purdue, and I, I'm going from memory here, but I'm sure it's Minnesota, Nebraska, the first two, and then you take the Correct. holiday break and then come back and play the rest of the Big Ten season. Uh, neither of those games are gimmies. Purdue has not had a lot of success in Lincoln, Nebraska, despite the poor teams that Nebraska <laughs> has had. And that Minnesota game is in a really tricky spot because Purdue is coming off that trip home from Portland, which I'll assume we're getting home at 4 or 5 in the morning. Two days later, we're on a flight to go to Tallahassee to play Florida State. I'll assume we're getting home around 2 o'clock or so in the morning. I should know. We've done that trip enough. Uh, and, then, and then that coming Sunday, you're playing that Big Ten opener against Minnesota. Uh, so that's going to make that one difficult, if for no other reason, just the fatigue factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the Purdue fans that are already riding in 2-0 and to start the Big Ten schedule, I would hesitate with that. Certainly, I hope that's where we are. But it's going to be much more difficult than one might think. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, the fact that we, I'll let Bob talk more on this, but outside of that, the fact that we play, uh, you know, Indiana there, uh, a couple of different times, uh, I love the fact that that's that protected rivalry that you're always going to have the opportunity to play those guys twice. Cause in my opinion, they're the best team in our league, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to be the team to beat. Um, but yeah, outside of that, um, I, I know the big 10 is not highly thought of right now. Uh, no teams in the top 10 in the preseason poll. And I get that. It makes sense to me. A lot of Big Ten players ended up first-round draft picks in this last NBA draft. So um, so I know a lot of folks aren't real bullish on the Big Ten, and maybe that's not all bad for our league um, <laughs> yeah. because uh, because a lot of folks weren't real bullish on Wisconsin last year, and we saw what kind of season they had, just for one example. So, uh, But anyway, yeah, that's my thoughts. I don't know. Bob, I think uh, we talked about this on the pregame show last week, so I already know Bob's thoughts, but I'll <laughs> listen to him again. <laughs> yeah, as far as the Big Ten schedule goes for Purdue, I think – uh, I remember I was looking at it, and you're, of course you're trying to determine if you think we got a good draw, a bad draw, uh, or indifferent regarding some of those teams you only play once um, in the schedule, which teams you draw twice. I, I did think, uh, considering what Hunter Dickinson did to us last year, uh, I thought it was nice that we only drew him once this season. Uh, he was kind of a thorn in our sides last year, so I thought that was a little bit of an icebreak. 
hard to know exactly how good Michigan's team is going to be. They lost four out of five starters outside of Dickinson, but um, not disappointed not to have to play him twice. And then uh, trying to think, oh, Illinois, uh, who I think is a team that's got a lot of talent, a bunch of new players. So we'll see how good they are and how well they mesh. But we do only draw them once. Don't have to go to Illinois, which is always a tough place to play, especially when they got a good team. So thought that was favorable, uh, at least as far as an initial draw. We'll see, you know, you know, there always can be a Wisconsin type team last year that uh, you think was good. You only you it's good you play them twice, and then it turns out they're one of the top teams in the league. So we'll see how that shakes out. But um, as far as uh, a lot of people's pick to win the Big Ten, Indiana, uh, you know, we'll see how they do. Obviously, last year they they weren't a great team. Uh, I did see some of their highlights from uh, their exhibition the other day. Uh, a new freshman they do have a guy who you know is different. Uh, from the, on the roster last year, Jalen Hood Scafino, uh, their talented five-star guard. He was making threes and was looking pretty good in their previous game. Uh, I'm going to hope that was level of competition and maybe he's not able to always duplicate that. But because uh, I will say they do have a talented team uh, of returning players and, and uh, some talented freshmen. And if he is the real deal and is one and done and is able to make perimeter jump shots at a high clip, that certainly raises their ceiling quite a bit. So he'll be, he'll be a player to watch. Obviously, I know Purdue always keeps tabs on IU pretty closely and how they're doing. So we'll see how he performs. They have a really tough schedule, Indiana does, in the non-conference before the Big Ten season. So, um, But obviously, from a Purdue perspective, would love uh, to keep the winning ways going against uh, the Hoosiers. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely a lot of hype behind them. You kind of, as a Purdue fan, roll your eyes at it, but maybe this year will be legit for them. I know they've gotten that a couple times over the years and then haven't met those expectations, but we'll see. Sure. I know they kind of are the early uh, favorite in the big 10. It is interesting. You mentioned Wisconsin and Illinois, who we only play once and it's the last two games of the season. So it's interesting that they're not somewhere yeah. in the middle. They're there at the end. So it's going to be exciting. I I like the fact that I, I think some of the uh, different publications that have Purdue kind of nor- more near the middle. I love that because Hey, people maybe sleep on us or whatever. And we kind of maybe that light a fire under our, our bellies or whatever, but it kind of similar to that, uh, what 2019 season or whatever it was where after we lost four seniors and expectations were kind of low and we kind of played a little, maybe tougher that year, yeah. uh, especially once we got to start rolling, uh, uh, mid mid season that year. So it'll be exciting. Uh, I can't wait. And especially, you know, we, again, we talked about people like Trey Kaufman, Ren, who's a red shirt freshman coming off the bench and just that I think the potential for him, and some of these other guys, it's just, it's exciting. I can't wait. And so. Yeah, uh, just, well, I mean, in, in theory, outside of David Jenkins Jr., this whole team is eligible to come back next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so hopefully a really fun. good season and we're like, all right, let's bring them all back. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have a bad season and we say, oh no, <laughs> all these guys are coming back. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> no kidding. Awesome. Uh, real quick, as we wrap up your thoughts, uh, you got to see them for the first time on the floor at uh, Mackey last Wednesday thoughts on the new, the new jerseys. Oh, uh, I, I know there were mixed reviews on yeah. social media. I personally love them. Mm-hmm. I thought they were great. I, uh, I thought I was surprised there were some folks that really disliked them, but um, no, I thought they were really cool. I, I love the fact we're doing the commemorative patch for, for Caleb Swan again. I thought that was obviously a really nice touch and yeah, uh, but I'm uh, the actual uniform itself. And of course, we've only seen the white ones. We haven't even yeah. seen the gold and the gray and the black, but uh, I, I gave them a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, that was my opinion. What do you think, Bobby? I, I like them as well. I think uh, I probably, as far as just like, I haven't seen the black ones in person, but as far as the images they showed uh, on social media, I think I like the black ones maybe a little bit more than the white ones, but yeah. I do I do enjoy the white ones as well. They've grown on me a little bit. I feel like since the first time I saw them. Um, so yeah, I think the new uniform combinations look great. And as Rob said, excited to see uh, the other variations that uh, we have coming down the road. So, yeah, I'm with you. At first, I was kind of a little caught off. I, I, I think because I was expecting some kind of script Purdue across mm-hmm. the top, maybe yeah. more like Rick Mount era kind of throwback type thing. But I, yeah, they've grown on me, especially. I do really like the black one a lot. I think the black one is, is solid. So, yeah, it'll as be interesting. Lo- as long as the new big game golds are as good to us as the old big game golds. <laughs> yeah. We basically never lost when we wore those. <laughs> The goals are always my favorite, and yeah. probably a lot of that has become due to I feel like we always win in those, but uh, that's right, yeah, 
they're like our version of the Notre Dame green jerseys, right? He's, That's right. <laughs> Which awesome. I was, you know, I always brought up the most, I thought the most obvious question, why don't we wear the golds every game? Yeah, there you go. yeah no kidding. Then they should just wear them for every game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Hey, guys. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Bobby. That's then you'd be undefeated. Come on here. Awesome. Well, as we're wrapping up, anything else you guys want to add? No, we just, uh, you know, we appreciate all those that go through the trouble to listen to our broadcast. Thank you very much. I know uh, it's, it's sometimes uh, in this new modern world, it's a little bit easier to catch the broadcast. And in some ways it's a little bit more difficult, but I know there's a folk, there are different ways to, as opposed to just tuning in your radio, you know, from days gone by to listen to our broadcast. So no matter how you find us, if it's online or on your, you know, your, uh, your some mobile app or your telephone, or you're listening the old fashioned way on the radio. Uh, we really do appreciate the fact that the Purdue fans listen yeah. and, and are engaged and we love the passion and, and we'll try to do our best for you again this year. And hopefully we call a lot more victories than we do losses. Let's hope <laughs> that's the case. That's for sure. You mentioned it. The, the Purdue, uh, the new Purdue mobile sports app is phenomenal. Makes it really easy for, uh, listening to the games, listen to you guys call the games. If uh, you're not in the local area where you can pick Purdue up on the radio, uh, I just I love you guys listening to you guys on the radio. It's awesome. It's uh, just enjoyable for me as watching it, just kind of listening to you guys call the game and give your perspective. Bobby, as a you know former player as well, especially kind of the things he sees uh, from a former player perspective. And of course, Rob, you just do an excellent job with the play by play. So I really appreciate you guys, uh, not only for uh, doing the job on the radio, but coming on the podcast and breaking this down, uh, the season preview. I, Always love having you guys on. For anybody who's watching uh, this episode on the website on fox59.com or cbs4indy.com, just scroll down. I'll have some links for the uh, schedule and the roster if you guys want to look at any of that stuff as well. But, man, I'm excited for Tuesday night. Let's get this thing rolling, right? Sounds good, Adam. Thanks well, for let's the do opportunity. It. Awesome. Thank you guys so much Thanks, for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Spoiler up. A reminder, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can find the full video interviews on the Fox 59 and CBS 4 website. You can also listen to, subscribe, like, and or comment on the podcasts on all the major podcast platforms, including now on Amazon Podcasts as well. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.